The Life Simplified ladies are doing a short survey to improve the podcast, and we'd love to hear your feedback. For a chance to win some UK swag, complete our survey linked in our show notes. Thanks. Welcome back to Life Simplified. And if you've been listening for the last few weeks, you know that it is Take Back Tuesday. And I would like to say that as with our Take Back Tuesdays, we've been very intentional. And yes, that has been our word of the year. And we unintentionally created that word of the year. But we were very intentional about these Take Back Tuesdays. We really wanted it to be a time of reflection and time to sit back and think about how the year went. If you're anything like me, your brain is crammed full at the moment, so you're not trying to take in a whole bunch of new information. You're getting through the holidays and getting through all of the things. So this, we hope, is a time for you to revisit something that we mentioned at the past and give you time to think back on that. And what am I doing well? Remember to congratulate yourself on things that you're doing well. And what can you do for the new year? So my favorite episode, I have many, but the one that I chose for reflection for today is our relationship episode. And that is a reset from January. We're almost a year in from the original episode. And to reflect back, let's just talk about some of the things that we discussed and once again we are going to replay this episode so we're not going to go really in depth on the tips and the tricks just want to give you a review and then we will see how we've done but we talked a lot about social wellness specifically in that episode and we talked about what we currently enjoy about our social life asking yourself these questions what gives you energy socially what drains your energy socially do you have a circle of people that you can be your true self around and that you really trust do you have those positive relationships and do you build social activity into your calendar and then we also discussed a few tips once again i'm not going to go fully into those but just a reminder we talked about actually making connections taking care of yourself while caring for others, being active together, spending time with your children, and then building those healthy relationships and focusing on a healthy relationship. So ladies, how have you improved relationships this year? It's a super broad question, so you can go anywhere with this one. Okay, I'll go. So... This was a tough question, if you want to be honest, um, because I really had to dig deep and think about relationships on so many different levels. And I feel like I'm I'm pretty good with my small inner group. So my husband, my best friends, the people I've known for a really long time. I tend to be one of those people. I have to be so introverted daily for work that when I have my own free time, I tend to just sort of go in my shell and I don't really want to get out and about I just want to sit and be alone and so I have to be really intentional about joining in with activities and being more social with people other than just my very core group and so thinking about this year one of the things that I think was a big step for me um, in the relationship realm was we 
had recently joined a new church a little over a year ago. And then not quite a year ago. I don't think it's been a year. We were like, okay, we need to get to know some people, which is not in my comfort zone at all. But we decided to visit a small Bible study group. And it was not one that met in the church. It met in someone's home. And at the time, it was someone's home. Like, I did not know them at all. Like, I don't, you know, was no one familiar to me at all. And so, um, originally was a little nervous because, again, that it's not my comfort zone. Like, I like to keep very, you know, like, small group. But... We went, and honestly, it's been really great. Um, it's something we've been really committed to almost on a weekly basis. We go, I think there's been some where we've just not had the group because people were out and about, but most of the time, I would say 90% of the time, if they get together, we're there, and it's something I actually look forward to now. But I had to take that step, and it was not easy um, because it was a group of people that I did not know well at all. Like, there was maybe one person in the whole group that I sort of knew. But now, I, they're like my people. They've become my people. And so, they I can reach out to them. I can ask them for help. I can ask them for guidance. I love it because it's a smaller group, and everybody's pretty transparent, and that's important to me. Like I like that. I, I value honesty and openness. And I think that's why I keep to smaller groups because it's hard to do that in large groups. It, it can get uncomfortable. But it's been really good for me to build these new relationships, to have this place that we can go and, and my husband goes to. And, you know, it's it's a mixed group, male and female. So we get all different kind of viewpoints. But it's funny. And so I wanted to tell you all a little joke because clearly I told you I, I don't like to go try new things that's would not be the way anyone would probably describe me as is outgoing and trying new things but we always eat a meal at these meetings and so every meetings I guess like get togethers would be a better word so everyone brings something we always have a theme of whatever we're having and we bring something the other day I was bringing a salad which is not normal but I pulled out this salad bowl that I guess I'd gotten as a wedding gift like 18 plus years ago, people. And I have never used this salad bowl. But I was like, ah, today's the day. It's awesome. So I took it. And it was funny because everybody was going through the line. And someone mentioned something to my husband about a nice salad bowl there. And he's like, yeah, she was saying she's never used it. And so we started laughing about all the things that you get that you never use. And someone started talking about China place settings, like formal dinnerware. And I was like, yeah, I have that too, but I've never used it. And I was like, I have eight place settings, but I don't even like eight people, which is a very Tiffany thing to say. If you know me, like, you know, that that's kind of my humor. And then I was like, wait a minute. There's more than eight of us here. I, I guess I need extra. I actually like more than eight people now because clearly I like all of you in this room. So all of that to say, sometimes you just have to get out of your comfort zone. You have to take your time to like go and invest in getting to know other people. And it can make a huge impact. And But just I'm, I'm proud that I took that first step. My husband can be credited because he can kind of give me a nudge sometimes too because he's a little more outgoing than that. But it's been good for our whole family to be able to do that and to make those connections and to more easily feel a part of a larger group because we took that step. So I feel like I shared a little bit too much, but that has been a, a, a good positive in the relationship category this year. That's great. And I love that you pointed out that you had to take that step and you mm -hmm. had to make yourself take that step. 
when you were saying all that, I was like breaking out in a cold sweat over here, like <gasps> taking a step, going to meet new people. Oh, oh, good job. Good job. You're going to have to talk me through that one. So. Oh, yeah. It was difficult. Just trust me. I, that was like, oh, I don't know. But it sometimes it pays off to, to do that. And it's been a good thing. And the funny thing is, I think there are other people in the group that feel the exact same way. So you, you can make that connection, you know, because we, we sometimes laugh about how we're like, we, we do jobs where we work with people and we love people. But then we also are like, no more people. We, we need to stop peopling. So, you know, sometimes you find that you have more in common with people than you realized when you just take that step. And now she's done it. She can walk me through it. So... <laughs> Amanda, how so about submit you? your questions to our email if you have any questions on how to do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so mine is more of a transition in relationships. And so before I had my son, um, I would meet with a couple friends and we would exercise. We would run. We would do Pilates. We would meet pretty regular and do these things. Well, life happens. I had a child. I don't have as much free time as I want or had before. And that's okay. It's just a phase like we've talked about. And so with that, we have, I feel like she's like our mom. Like we, she's the wise one of our group. (laughs) And not that I'm saying you're old if you're listening, but. (laughs) That's funny. She's like, you called me. She probably will. But she has been asking us over to her house as family so my husband would go, my son would go, all, everybody would get together and we would eat dinner and just play games or just talk. And she's done that a couple of times over the past few months. And it's not every month and it's just random and we don't plan it, but it works out. And it's, we've shifted what we've done, but we're still making those connections. And even though they're a little different, we're still doing it. It's interesting because I have a, a young son, another one of them has a young son, but her son's getting his license and driving. And so it's, I think it's probably helpful for her too, to have a house full of kiddos. She's sending us a message like I'm cleaning up crumbs and finding tractors all over this place. <laughs> and I haven't done this in a while. Um, so we all benefit from it in different ways, but just refocusing and just changing what we do to adapt and continue those friendships and on a different level too. I love it. And things do completely change. I used to go to fitness classes for fun. And now I'm like, I need to get in like, I need to get this in. When am I going to go to this (laughs) fitness class again? I've never lived that life. (laughs) I need some fun. I'm going to go work out. (laughs) That is what I did. That was like my social. I did it too. That was amazing. And then I actually had a friend yesterday who said, you were doing so well. You were coming all the time. And this has just been a couple of months ago. And I was like, yes, then, then life happened again. (laughs) So, so, you know, yeah, I, I love that you did that little shift. Yeah, and I love that your friend group did it because there is that transition period from, you know, being single or newly married um, to then, like, having your own kids. And it it's so easy to kind of see the ending of relationships. But I love that y'all just kind of pivoted mm-hmm. and said, well, this is not going to be the end of what we're doing. We can't make it look the way it used to look, but we're going to make this work. And... I think that shows a really solid group of people, like a solid relationship, because so many times we have those people for a season, but it sounds like these people are going to be like forever people. Yes. And we, we do joke that we have to invite our husbands, but you know, because before it was just us, but um, I do I really enjoy it. And it's been a, been a good experience. Love it. 
For me, I've really been trying to use these tips in my home and really focus on using our my I messages rather than those blaming you statements. I haven't done a, as great of a job with reaching outside of my home, but I've really been trying to think about how I talk and how I communicate and giving myself a time to pause, think about what I am feeling in the moment, really identifying my feelings, and then being able to articulate them in a way that is not in a blaming statement. Because we talked about in our revisit to life balance last week, I felt really overwhelmed in a lot of areas. And so trying to communicate that in a way that doesn't make other people feel overwhelmed has really been my goal here lately. Yeah, and I think relationships are so key to that work-life balance because it's how you build your support network. And I think when we know we have support both at work, at home, in other areas of our life, we feel more balanced because we're not going it alone. So I think we've all made some really good progress in resetting our relationships. Those of you listening, I hope you will stick with us and listen to that episode again. It's really good. It gives us a lot of tips and we're in a state of reflection. So enjoy. Sometimes life is messy. Have you ever wished you could refocus your mind, home, relationships, and work life? Join us as we use research-based information to make practical changes and simplify life. This is Life Simplified. Welcome back to Life Simplified. This month, we are talking all about a reset. And today is our reset on relationships. This is not necessarily romantic relationships. We have relationships with lots of different people. We have friendships. We have colleagues. We have partners. We have um, maybe our children our family members. So whatever relationship that you're thinking about as we're going through here, you can apply this information. To get us started, I'm going to open it up with a question for our group. What do you think of when you hear the word wellness? Okay, so when I hear the word wellness, I immediately go to health. So what is healthy? And I think the inner therapist in me goes to a holistic, like what is healthy? And I'm, I'm not just thinking like my physical health, thinking my mental health, my emotional health, my relationship health. Um, and then the mom in me immediately goes to like when you take your children for their checkups and there's the well child area and the sick child area. And it's just like that distinction in your brain, like wellness means like I'm good. I'm in a good place. Yeah, that that resonates with me, um, with my young son, like the the side of wellness and sick because he's had um, some sickness, you know, with all the, the colds and flu and different things that go around during the winter months. Um, so I think like everybody's healthy Mm -hmm. they're fed you know we're warm you know just like we're well yeah that's kind of what my mind goes to when thinking about just wellness in general 
I guess mine also goes straight too far as about your health or your physical health or, you know, so my kids are healthy, just like you, the, what you said, Tiffany and Amanda, you know, I immediately go too far as the physical fitness or sick or well. Okay. Is that the right answer? There's no wrong answer. Okay. There's, okay. there's not a wrong answer. You all did beautifully. I thought maybe it was a trick question. Yeah, so did know. I. So I thought you were setting us up for failure. But. Well, I was not setting you up for failure. However, I did have something in my mind and wondered where we were going to go with it. So we've all given our definitions of wellness. And generally speaking, we often think of wellness as physical health. Are we being physically active? Are we eating nutritious foods? Do we feel well? We don't always include that emotional, intellectual, the social, spiritual, vocational, financial, and environmental dimensions. Today, we're going to talk specifically about social wellness. So that's where those relationships come in. I Bet you didn't know where I was going with all this wellness talk when I said we're talking about relationships, resetting relationships. So we're focusing on social wellness today. Social wellness is the quality of our relationships. So are our relationships healthy? Once again, pick a relationship in your life and work through this with us. To make any type of change, we have to first look at where we are. So does everybody have their relationship in mind? We all thinking about it? I'm ready. Okay. I hope. Okay. (laughs) So these are questions to think about in your mind. We're not going to answer these out loud. So not putting anybody on the spot. Not going to be like, okay, everyone tell me what you're doing wrong. Because <laughs> sometimes we, that's what we think about. Yes, like, wait a minute. Exactly. I'm totally failing at this. No. But that's okay if we are, right? Exactly. It's okay. that's why we're here and talking Exactly. About we okay. can't make a change if we don't know what needs to change. And we're all about resetting. So let's go. Socially speaking, what gives you energy? What drains your energy? In our self-care episode, we talked about what fuels us. What makes us feel like we're doing something for ourselves? What is really pumping us up? So in your mind, think about what that is socially. Then think about what you currently enjoy about your social life. What is going well and what can be improved? So I totally think you're just like you're not doing these things well because it resonates with me and not that you're trying to but no, that's not my goal at all I know but you know and so I'm thinking about the phase of life that I'm in and like what I'm doing well and your question of like what what's your social life look like and I'm like Friday night I'm on the couch not really socializing I guess um, but I have a young son and so that's my phase right now and um, it's been hard for me to adjust to that, you know, from going from doing whatever to that. But that's definitely something I think that comes to my mind when I think, you know what, I need to be more mindful and mm-hmm. reset. I think that's good to think about. Yes. And that's what these questions are for. They're not to make us feel guilty. We talked about guilt during self-care. So it's not to make us feel guilty. It's just to think about it. Um, these really spoke to me. 
as I was going through and looking up information for this topic. And so that's that's why we're talking about them, because I need this too. We're We've been talking from the beginning that we're real people and we use this information. So this is not at all to make anyone feel, ugh, <laughs> this is not good. But that means we need it though, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'm stuck on the energy question. So mm. like my brain is like, oh, what gives you energy? What drains your energy? And I think like, so for me, because I, I'm all into personality stuff. And so I'm like equally split introvert, extrovert. And so... In what we do every day, because we're teaching people, we're in front of um, groups and, and and different things, teaching out loud. I feel like I have to be on, like that's that on, that's that extrovert, and I get to use that. And people are like, oh, yeah, you're so great at that. But sometimes I get home and I'm like exhausted, like I'm just kind of done and the introvert in me like kicks in. And so sometimes like socially, it's super hard for me to want to go out and be in a group because my energy is zapped. And so at that point, I'm like, oh, I need some time alone so that I can refuel that energy. I need that time out, that quiet time. Um, So yeah, energy is an interesting concept when you're thinking about how we're doing socially, because, you know, knowing where you get that from can be important because if we're draining it all all the time in our everyday life, it can be really hard to to have the desire to go out and fuel that social aspect of your life. Boy, you hit that right on. I know. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I, I'm telling you. <laughs> I think he was reading my mind, <laughs> Tiffany. I'm just saying. I feel it in my pores, right? <laughs> it's like it's in my bones. <laughs> Some days you just don't. I just want to stay in bed with the covers over my head because I don't want to, you know, be social with anybody just because I've had so many interactions or just struggling for that day you know so you definitely said a lot right there with that for me too so yes and I think that is the nature of the work that we do Um, and some of the listeners may be feeling that on that level and some of you may be saying no, I'm ready to I'm ready to get out in there. <laughs> so But you know, I'll just throw it out there. Sometimes it ain't even work that drains me. <laughs> Going to Walmart sometimes drains me. <laughs> and it's like, I don't want to get back out. I don't want to go anywhere, you know. So it doesn't necessarily have to be work that drains you. Yeah, yeah. that's a good point. Yeah. And well, and I think too, if we think about it like I feel drained now and need that quiet time but if you'd asked me the same thing back during the pandemic we were all working from home like oh my goodness I needed people like I needed that social (laughs) aspect because you know the extrovert in me was very like sad and and screaming like come talk to me have an adult conversation (laughs) yeah I'm tired of looking at a face on zoom yeah real interaction yeah (laughs) right I forgot what people looked like exactly so I think it's you know it's that ebbs and flows as well probably for sure. Getting up and putting on regular clothes instead of staying in pajamas all day, too, helps with that. <laughs> that does help. So I hope our listeners are also thinking about what gives them energy socially and what drains them. And then think about the people in your life, your circle of people, whoever that may be. Are you surrounded by people and they may not be right next to you, but do you have people in your life that you can fully trust and who know who you are and love you for it. Are you able to spend time, whatever that time may look like? It may be a text here and there. It may be sending them a funny meme. 
But do you spend time with friends and family? Do you have positive and rewarding relationships? And are you building social activity into your calendar? We may all need to slap our hands as we're looking at each other around the room like, oh, right. mm, What's we, that? we have a calendar. Are we building social activity into it? No. <laughs> Just be on, I'll be honest. No. Yeah. No. I'm Negative building my kids' one. social activity I'm, into it. That's, I, that, even know. though I'm in a different stage than you all with my children, I'm still, I mean, doing things for us for them and building that in my calendar. So, and that's okay. And that's okay if you don't also. Yeah, because there may be some people, as you said, that are listening that, you know, they're social butterflies and before kids and family, that's, you know, that's what I did. Like I, I made plans every weekend and I was always gone and that's fine. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and I think you hit it like it's your phase and where you're at and and what works best for you. So, yeah, definitely. Yes, we're all if we're all different. And we talked about that a lot in our self-care episode. So if you have not listened to that, scooch on back and listen to that one because it's a good one. All right. So we all sat here and we were like, oh, oh, that hurt. (laughs) That didn't feel good. Now you're going to think of something, socially speaking, that you do well. Well, I... I guess several years ago when my husband and I, far as I'm going to do it as a family aspect, decided that we needed to have more time together because, you know, we get in that life, you know, fast lane with our kids and everything revolves around them. And then sometimes your your other relationships struggle, you know. And so when we had our 10-year wedding anniversary, we decided then, and I think I even discussed it in our very first podcast. So like Ashley said, go back and listen to it. But we decided that every Saturday morning, if he wasn't working or if I wasn't working, we was going for breakfast. We was going to take an hour or two of our morning because our kids are usually still sleeping to go and have breakfast together, you know, and just I think we do that well. I fell on a lot of other aspects of our life when it comes to other family or friends, but we really try to make sure that we have that time together. And I love that. Joni and I have talked about that tradition, if you will say, what, um, many times. And I just love that that is something that you're able to do together and really enjoy that time. Yes. I'm very thankful for that time, too. Yes. Yeah, I think that's great. Um, for me, thinking, so um, not so my immediate family. So I live uh, four hours from my family. So I've had to be more mindful of and more um, aware of those relationships that you were talking about. So I think doing well is, and I'm sure the the pandemic probably helped with this too, because we didn't travel a lot. We usually try to go once a month and visit and sometimes, you know, it doesn't happen. But I try to speak, either call like my mother or text my, my grandmother texts. And so it's great to just, she'll just be like, how are you doing? And at least like once a week. So just being mindful of like reaching out to them. And then my sister and I have nephews, we'll FaceTime. And so just um, communicating, not as in like spending time together, but just using the technology that we have to connect with people that, you know, I'm four hours away, but I feel like I'm still there with them. Yeah. I like both of those. Y'all are, y'all are doing good stuff. <laughs> doing good things. And I can relate to a lot of that too, you know, with Joni and you're like kind of 
you have that scheduled time with your husband. And, you know, I mentioned I have coffee with my husband every morning and we try to build in a date night once a week um, the best that we can. And like a yearly trip away with just us, which, you know, that that can be difficult. You And there's guilt in that, that yeah. I'm not taking my kids with me, but we need that. And it, we've come to the point where we realize that. So that's important. And then my sister lives in Philadelphia, so I can relate to you, Amanda. Like, I have to be really intentional about making those phone calls and setting up that time because we don't get to see each other a lot. So if you want that relationship to continue, you you have to really focus in and, and, and make sure that you're taking that time to do that and set aside time for that. I'm going to kind of take this a different direction because I'm just sitting here thinking, I'm like looking at these questions that Ashley's been asking us. Like, does your circle include people you trust? Do you spend time with these people? Do you have positive, rewarding relationships? And so I'm thinking back to younger Tiffany. And I think probably in college and high school, I would have thought saying that I was doing something well socially would be that I'm like... I was invited to all the parties, all the things. I had all the friends. It was it was quantity, I think, is what I would have said back then. But now I'm finding, you know, as, as time is so valuable and wanting people in my inner circle that I can trust and I feel a connection with on a deeper level that I, I probably would say I have very few true, true friends in my social circle, but that quality has gotten so much better. And so I think that's something that we don't think about, you know, with social media and like, how many friends do you have? And how many likes do you get? And how many all this do you get? It it can feel intimidating. Like if I make a post, and I don't have 150 people that immediately like it or comment on it, does that mean I'm doing something wrong socially? But what I've come to find as, as I've gotten older and tried to mature, is that you don't need a ton of people. You just need a few really solid people that you can trust and they can trust you and you have each other's back. And I think that that's that's really valuable. And that's the one thing I think socially that I've been trying to do lately and do really well is investing in those quality relationships. Oh, I like that, Tiffany, very mm-hmm. much. I'm like you. I have that small circle, but I it's a good quality circle yeah. as well. And I like how you brought out, you know, that the younger Tiffany, mm-hmm. you know, because we do or the kids nowadays, if we don't have a busy and people following us on social media, you know, they're worried about that content. I really like how you brought that out. This is really good for all of us just to talk this through and think about those things and not so much focus on the, well, what can I do better all the time? Yeah. Let's focus on what's going, going good. We're going to get to that. How can we improve? But I will share one thing that I'm doing well. I will join, I'll join the party. <laughs> Please do. Okay. So one thing that I do think that I do well My youngest is very much a people person. Um, She loves to be around me. Mornings can be tough. I don't know if anybody can relate to that, but mornings can be tough. And one of the things that we do is, number one, I get up before everyone else and make sure that all of my things and my quiet time that I mentioned that I need in self-care... That I make sure that that's taken care of. So then by the time she gets up, then I'm not rushing around trying to get ready. So that when she is ready, when we have 10 minutes together and I do, I play whatever game she wants to play. If she wants to read, we read. If she wants to color, if she wants to play with Legos, it does not matter. But that is 
our together time. And I, I've seen lots of different things where you can name it something special. And uh, I mean, to be quite honest, I'm just not that creative. So we call it together time. And she loves it. And that it, that has really strengthened our relationship. And that is something that works really well for us. I know not everybody can make that time in the morning to do that. But that is a motivator for her to get moving in the mornings. I love that. Do you realize like you're modeling social wellness for your child? And I think we forget that that's what we're doing, that they're constantly looking at us. And so by you doing that, she sees like this is valuable. You make time for people you care about. And so that's that's cool. And that is one of the tips for improving social wellness is to be that role model. You are shaping your family's habits. They're watching you. And if you are a parent, your child is trying to figure out what they're supposed to do. And we've talked about guilt in this episode. We talked about guilt in the self-care episode. I mean, I'm not like, I don't have like a crystal ball, but I have a feeling that guilt is going to be a theme kind of throughout our podcast because it's something we're all trying to overcome. And if you can tell yourself that, I'm showing someone how to do it. And that is one thing when I take self-care, when I, and I've, I've told my youngest, I'm doing this to show you that this is what you can do for yourself and that you need to do for yourself. So one tip for improving is just to realize that yes, you are a role model. All of these tips come from the National Institute of Health. We will link that in the show notes. And as we're going through, I want you to be thinking about how you could improve. But think about one thing. We said one thing that we do well, we're going to say one thing that we can improve because we can go down that rabbit hole and say, well, I need to do this, 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 and this, and this. And that's overwhelming. So think about one and we'll go from there. One thing to think about is to make connections. How can you be involved with others in a way that meets your needs And you're still thinking about taking care of yourself. So if that X, Y, or Z doesn't feel good to you, then that's not helping you. So being around others can be good for your overall health when you're in a space that you can do that. Take care of yourself while caring for others. Oh, is that self-care again? I think so. Get active together. I think we talked about that in our self-care episode too. Hmm. Um, But being physically active together does help provide that an opportunity for connection and you're getting physically healthy together. So that is affecting your physical wellness as well. You know what that made me think and I'm not. No, because yeah. it's like, oh, jump in. Do that. Light bulbs are great. So I may peer pressure a little bit, but mm-hmm. we still do it, if that makes sense. <laughs> um, so we um, have had kind of a going tradition that we do a 5K together, one, just one a year. And that's, I'm like, that's all I'm asking. It's just one. And then I do kind of like pressure them, you know, like, okay, sign up, sign up, sign up. But it's, you know, and it's not that we're in it to win it. Well, okay. So my brother-in-law thinks that he has to be in it to win it. You know, he's the the one that's like running. Yeah, like <laughs> I gotta do this. And of course, we make fun of him for that, but that's him, and that's okay. Um, but I'm, you know, in the back walking, which is cool too. But we do it together, and w- and we may not be at the same pace or you know whatever, but we're there. And we've started like we take a picture, 
every time. And so we have I like, all, you know, all these pictures yes. and like progressing and stuff. So yeah, that I think that's, yeah, that yeah. made me just think about that. I yeah. like it. That's great. That's a wonderful example of being physically active together. We've already talked about being a role model. Bonding with your kids is another way to improve your social wellness. Life is challenging. We've talked about that several times. And children who build strong connections with their caregivers are better able to manage these challenges. And it doesn't, we'll, and we'll talk about this in future episodes. So we're not going to go super in depth with all of these different suggestions, but just finding that time to build a connection. And whether it's playing a board game or going for a walk together. I just want to kind of hit on that as well, because uh, years ago when my kids was smaller and that, we started having like date afternoons or date days with each children just one-on-one. That's a good idea. Because, you know, they need that time just with you instead of everybody, you know. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they just need an hour, 30 minutes just of your focus on them, you know. It helps their mental health also, especially if you've not been getting along very well. Mm -hmm. You know, just having that one-on-one time. Um, Like I said, I used to do that with my children. Now they all just want to be together, you know, because they're older, but... You know, that was one thing that we done whenever they was kids. Even my husband and I, you know, he would have time with the the kids himself where I would as too. I think that's great, especially, you know, when you have multiple children and they're so different. You know, it's good to have those family activities for that that social wellness and that bonding, but it may not always speak to to all of them. And so, you know, I, I have three and they are vastly different personalities. And so to make those connections with each of them, I have to do different things. I have to meet them where they are. And so I love that having that one on one time. Um because it is hard to share sometimes. Yeah. And there are certain things they probably want to discuss or do that the other ones don't want to discuss or do, or they don't want to discuss it in front of them. So that's Well, that's well, great. my kids are completely different too, Tiffany. And they all, I mean, we don't have to do it once a week, you know, mm-hmm. just every so often, you know, say, hey, let's go to the grocery store together. Or, hey, let's go to the movies together. Do something that they're interested in mm-hmm. and not just what everybody's interested in, you know, kind of make it special for them to have that one on time. Even like my oldest son, I'll just tell you with his, he loves cars and he's got a little Miata. So me and him will just go take a drive together, you know, just, and like I said, he's 23 and he still needs that time with mom. He still needs it with dad too. But, you know, just, it doesn't have to be to go spend money. It can be little things like that, you know? So just like I said, And it doesn't have to be every day, every week, just every once in a while acknowledging them, you know, in this fast paced of our lives. And I think you have opportunities, too, in everyday life to do this. So it doesn't have to always. I think having a set aside time is great because then you have it's intentional, which, again, that's my my plug word. But um, I think, too, like when I think about my kids, there are small spaces in the day that I can have that one-on-one time with them sometimes. And so um, whether it is when I drop my daughter off at dance, if it's just she and I in the car and we have that time alone or picking my son up from basketball or, you know, going for a walk on the farm with my little one, you know, there are those spaces where it may be smaller increments of time, but there can be meaningful conversation with my oldest, um, I drop the other two. They all go to the same school. So we're the same building, but 
the two of them go into the elementary side. So I drop them off at one door and I'm literally just circling around the front of the building. So we're talking like a span of maybe a couple minutes. But in that time, a lot of times um, my oldest will really like have a meaningful, deep conversation with me. And even when I get over to that door, he'll sit there and we'll talk for a couple minutes. And so it's five minutes or less, literally. But we know we have that time every day when I drop them off at school, that if there's something on his mind, something he didn't want to say in front of his siblings, something that just popped into his head, we can have that conversation. And that's really meaningful. And and I think those are just those small spaces in time. And so I just don't want people to feel overwhelmed. Like if you're like, I don't have any time in my life, I have no space, where do I do this? And, and like you said, it doesn't have to be every day. It could be once a month that you have the set aside intentional time, but having those other spaces and utilizing those moments that yeah. we have. Great. That's a great, very great, you know, example of far as it doesn't have to be a long period of time. So, yeah, because yeah. I was thinking like that's a great example that you are mindful of that and you take that time because you could be like thinking about what I got to do at work today mm-hmm. or listening to a podcast or, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, hopefully <laughs> make time for that ours, too. That's <laughs> time. Yes. Make time do for the make. podcast. But, you know, and so just mm-hmm. finding those small increments of time in things you're already doing. I think that's a great, a mm-hmm. great way to think about it. Like All right. It. Get us back on track. Okay. Yeah. The final <laughs> tip, which, like I said, we're going to discuss these more in detail, but build healthy relationships. And the key word there is healthy And it's never too late to learn ways to improve your relationships. We will be talking lots about relationships once a month. Our podcast is dedicated solely to the topic of relationships, and we will throw in some parenting with that as well. Um, But understanding what a healthy relationship looks like is that first step. So just keep that in mind that we want to focus on the quality of our relationships and healthy relationships. It's important to set ourselves up for success. So rather than trying to do everything, because we can go through that list and I can be like, well, I could do this and this and this and this and this. (laughs) No, no, I can't. I cannot do all the things at one time. So I want you to think about one suggestion or one thing that will work with your schedule and your personality that you can do to improve your social wellness this week. So we're going to share and then listeners, I want you to be thinking about that. And some of our ideas for expressing that would be um, in our self-care episode, we talked about journaling, calling a friend, writing it down. If you write something down then it helps you remember it. So post it somewhere where you can see it so that you will be more likely to follow through. So what's the one improvement we're going to make for our social wellness this week? Oh, that's it. That is a very good question. Um, It's kind of a hard one to kind of think too, because you think of all the other things like you was talking about. I guess for myself is being more mindful of my circle, my close people of checking on them, you know, because sometimes the life of hustle and bustle, you just like, oh, well, you know, they're fine. I hadn't heard from them. But sometimes they're struggling too. So just reaching out to your circle of people, maybe your family, maybe your friends. But that's one thing that I can work on is reaching out to my circle of people. 
Yeah, I can relate to that, Joni. And I think that was, you know, that was part of my my self-care, too, is like working on that like social network. So this is like perfect for me because, you know, work in progress. But when you say like reaching out and like maybe they're okay, maybe they're not okay. I know a lot of times for me, I'll read a meme or I'll see something and it reminds me of somebody. And I'm like, oh, I should send that to them or I should check on them or I wonder if they're this or that. And a lot of times I will talk myself out of it. I'll be like, oh, they're busy. Oh, they don't, you know, they're probably doing this. I don't want to bother them. And I think a lot of times like we can talk ourselves out of doing something that is good social wellness. It is good for us. It's good for them. And so for me, I want to when those things pop in my head when someone pops in my head they're there for a reason and I don't know what that is I don't know what they're going through but instead of second guessing myself I'm just I'm gonna make that connection even if it's sending that meme or sending that text or sending that email or making that quick call or just showing up at their house and saying hey you're on my mind I just want to see how things are going because we don't we don't know that that could be something very valuable to them and I know it's going to be valuable to me so that's going to be I think that's going to be my thing. I think mine that kind of hit, and I like listening to um, your all's words of wisdom because, as I mentioned before, I'm a mom of a of an eight month old. So um, the shaping your family's health habit, we are not the best at help shaping our health habits right now. Just because if you've ever uh, been a parent of a newborn or been around, you know, it's you're trying to adjust and it's time consuming and it's overwhelming. So you're not intentional about those relationships. So I think going forward now that he's like almost a year old, um, yeah. how can we do that? in a better way. And so even if we can't do it next week, at least Mm -hmm. maybe in this year, this coming up Mm -hmm. year, um, thinking of ways to better do that. Yeah, I think, you know, I can relate to that. When my kids were little, it was survival mode. Like, yeah, that's like we are yeah, just yeah. like, is everyone alive? Yep. Has everyone eaten something? Cool, we're good. And so you're about to get to that stage where you can start like thriving again. Right, yeah. And I think we're we're getting there. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, I think this is a good time for me to, to think about these things. And of course, the new year's coming up. Um, we're in January. So yeah, that'll be mine. These are all great suggestions and great things to do. Mine, I'm going to get pretty specific. Like, I'm going to call my grandmother this week. That's, I I used to talk to her all the time. So we're really close. And I have let myself be so caught up and so busy with all the things that are going on in this new stage of my life that I have kind of let that go. I'll still text her and I'll inquire about her and try to figure out what's going on. But it's been a while since we had like a full on conversation. So that's, that's what I'm going to do. That's a good one. And that's one you can do right now. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Just being mindful of everything too, you know, because we say all these things, but just being mindful to do it, you Mm -hmm. know, and making that time. I like how you've said that, Tiffany, several times of Mm -hmm. being mindful and, and making sure that you set that time apart to do it. So yeah, and not beating ourselves up for our, like what we've done in the past. Right, you know, we we can't change that. It's it's about progress, not perfection. I think we get so stuck on what I haven't done or how I haven't done or how I should have. We should ourselves terribly, mm-hmm. and that just keeps us stuck. And and knowing like what is in the past is in the past. Let's let's do better today. Absolutely. And it's okay to fail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like yeah. so you know Absolutely. if it's April and it's like oh you know what we haven't been doing the best at this goal that we've been setting just being mindful and being like you know what it's okay let's just try it again and maybe fixing it and finding a better way to do it we've talked about 
all kinds of social wellness tips and what social wellness is. We will link this information in the show notes. So you will send you straight to the source, the National Institutes of Health, and um, have all of this information in our show notes. Next week, we will talk about balance. We we brought that up in our self-care episode. So we're going to dive into balance next week. So we hope you can join us. Thanks for listening to Life Simplified. We are family and consumer sciences agents with the University of Kentucky Cooperative Extension Service. Contact us at lifesimplifiedpodcast at gmail.com.